inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning. Good morning. What you're hearing in the background is a bunch of canes. At in a hotel lobby. The convention in Orlando last July, the National Federation of the Blind Convention. I was trying to think of some sort of riddle of what's the sound of 3,000 canes tapping or something. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know the punchline for that one. Just giving you an idea of what it was like. It was, it was crazy for even us. Uh, our first time at a convention for the National Federation of the Blind in the U.S. And yeah, it was crazy to hear all those canes tapping and kind of disorienting being one of those people or two of those people with the canes trying to figure out where we were going. And well, yeah, it was the it was the our first time ever at a convention like this where there were almost around three thousand blind people there and. We got in there that very first day, I'm, sh- I'm sure you remember, the first morning when we came into the main oh, lobby yeah. there, and it was so open and there were so many people walking around um, using white canes, a few guide dogs as well, but more so canes, and you know, we were there for quite a few days there, and as time went on, we learned our way around, and it wasn't so daunting, but the first first day or so it was, and it's, it's just pretty, pretty neat to hear a situation like that, because normally there aren't that many blind people in one place. Yeah, normally we are the uh, minority out in the world, <laughs> walking around with our canes tapping or whatever, trying to get somewhere. And there's people, you know, going about their day, and you know they can obviously see where they're going. And sometimes some someone will stop and ask us if we need help. But other times they just go about your business, and so do they. But this was sort of a switch, a whole flip of that whole thing, and it was the strangest thing because <laughs> even we, um, you know, we were born born blind, Brian and I. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was new to us, so. For sure. So, welcome to another episode of Outlook. This is our first episode of March. Yay. And it's our six-month anniversary, pretty much, of doing the show, right? We started in uh, September, early September. Yeah. So, we're still learning and figuring out what this show is, but um, we thought for the six-month sort of mark, we would... Um, sort of reintroduce what the show is all about. We have a few little new things to add to this episode that um, should ex- explain all that. But yeah, um, it's been fun these last six months. Um, yeah, uh, like, so anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Brian and I are siblings. Uh, we were both born blind. I was born um, three years before Brian, and I had more sight growing up. I was low vision. So blindness is a, a spectrum. And... Um, we're both closer now to total blindness, but back when I was a child, I, I could read large print and I could see color. And so even watching a television show, I, I used to watch 20, 
years ago or so. Watching it again now, I can picture in my head what certain scenes look like because back then I could see them well enough. I could see the faces. I could see, you know, certain things. Not everything, but certain things. Whereas now I can't. So it shows how far, how much sight I have lost. But um, we both wanted to do a show like Outlook. So I'm glad. Thank you to Radio Western again for letting us have that opportunity. Yeah, I also wanted to quick mention we have a video journalist here today from the CBC. Uh, they're doing a report on our show, which is awesome. We're very grateful for that. Colin Butler is here today, so thanks to him. And we're also likely going to be on the CBC London Morning Show tomorrow morning. I got an email today about that, so I'm going to confirm that, and hopefully that's the case. So tomorrow around 7.40 a.m., we should be on the morning show here at, at the CBC London radio station. Yeah, and so thanks for anybody listening today. And we are um, 94.9 Radio Western. This is Outlook, and we are on Twitter at Outlook CFB. And we finally got working on a Facebook page for the show. We've, you know, six months in, we're still kind of getting things sorted out, but it's coming along great. And yeah, we started this Facebook page up and run into a few accessibility issues, which is always something. As uh, But that's part of what we talk about on Outlook, actually. So that's fine. We can talk about that. For sure. Yeah, it's, I've set up Facebook pages before, so I don't know why I was having so much issue this time. Uh, but we'll get we'll get it done. It, it is up there now, though, at on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. You can go there and check out our page, which we will be updating over the next couple days. Yeah. It's mostly hard getting pictures on, profile pictures, things like that. But, you know, Facebook is a big website, and when you do it on the computer versus on your phone, um, on the app or whatever. Yeah, I was trying all sorts. I tried Google Chrome on my computer and Safari, and then I tried my iPhone. And certain functions worked better on this device than that device. So. And Brian's the kind of guy who wor works at something, and he can't let it go until he gets figures it out, which... For in general, that can be a good skill to have, a good um, characteristic to have. And when you're blind, it's helpful, you know, because there's a lot of obstacles to work around. But um, it can also get in the way of getting on with your morning and focusing on other things, right, Brad? Yeah, or last night when it was 10.30 and I was trying to figure this out and I was like, I, I got to go to bed. I got to get some rest. Because you are <laughs> also a straight, musician yeah. and you're um, out playing and you had a show Saturday night. So, yeah, you Yeah, I didn't get back until 3.30 a.m. Saturday night. We had a show in St. Catharines, actually. So it's a pretty far, pretty far drive there and back doing that. And you were jamming in my basement with your other project, so you're busy. Yesterday, yeah. But, um, so the out, the point of Outlook is that we're a team on this show. He, Brian, um, has had a radio show, music show here, uh, it's called Chin Music for how long? Uh, about two and a half years. It was yeah. the end of July of 2017 when I started that. So I watched him do that and I, I listened to that and it's so cool to hear him on my cable, Roger's cable at home, coming out of the speakers and you got a pretty good radio voice. Um, but, I learned from him, but as far as this goes, uh, like the podcast that we already have, Ketchup on Pancakes is what it's called. That's um, on our SoundCloud page. Um, he was always the audio guy, having studied audio in, in school uh, at Fanshawe, and I was, I'm was i more of the idea person as a writer. I, um, I come up with our ideas, and I sort of write out our outlines. You know, you give your perspective and your thoughts and your input, but it's a team effort. But So that's sort of how we divvy up the tasks. But um, anyway, so that was a clip earlier there from the National Federation of the Blind Convention in Orlando, Florida. Last year was a year of conventions. Um, the show started kind of with a thought. The CFB in our title is Canadian Federation of the Blind, which is sort of a, a sister, a smaller 
arm of the NFB in these states. So we um, became, Brian's the treasurer and I'm the secretary of the Ontario chapter of the Canadian Federation of the Blind and that happened near the end of 2017 and last year was the year of conventions, right Bry? So we're going to share a clip here in a minute of the other convention we went to. Kind of want to set that up. Yeah, so we went to both conventions last year. The first one was in Victoria, as Carrie said, for the Canadian Federation of the Blind. And it was a lot smaller because, you know, Canada's population is is less than the U.S. Plus, it's it's a more new organization here. It's been around out west for about 20 years, but we're just expanding it into Ontario over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. So A lot of work. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, and there's more conventions every year. So this year, there's one. It's in Vancouver this time instead of Victoria. And then there is one, the the NFB, the National Federation of the Blind, one in, in the States is in Las Vegas this year. So mm-hmm. I was considering going to both and I'm still not sure, but we will see how things pan out this year. But yeah, we wanted to kind of take you back to last year and our first convention experience. And if you want to talk about a little bit about this, we're going to play the audio from a video. We will tweet the video out later on our Twitter at Outlook CFB and on our Facebook at Outlook on Radio Western. But yeah, there was a video, and if you want to talk a bit about the, the, the person who put that together and what we're about to hear. Yeah, so we met a lady while we were at the a Victoria Convention. Her name is Thelma, and she uh, she's sighted, but she's been a, a great friend and supporter of the CFB, and uh, she's a writer, so her and I had a lot in common. Anyway, um, she her partner is a photographer, so together they wanted to make a little video, and they want they call it Listening to Blind Canadians. And basically they... Um, what they call this is a sizzle sizzle reel. Yeah, sizzle reel. <laughs> That's the radio term or something. Um, but anyway, they interviewed anyone who agreed at the convention to be interviewed um, about sort of what what's things sighted people do that that sort of irritate them, which, you know, that's an interesting concept, I think, Brian. But it got some good answers. So they made this little video, and they're, they're trying to shop it around, trying to get maybe a little a documentary made. Um, they haven't had much luck yet, but um, we thought we'd share it here and give it a bit of exposure because it's it, there's some really important points ba- made by a lot of members of the CFB. So Yeah, so it's, it's a bunch of ca- uh, can- blind Canadians here speaking on... Various topics, specifically, like Carrie mentioned, yeah. not know, just what, not just about what annoys people or blind people, but about what we want sighted people, sighted people to know. Yeah, more so educating and sort of sharing our, our experiences. And so, yeah, it's it's a great little clip here, about seven minutes in length. And if anything comes up in particular, I'll stop it and we can discuss. But I think for the most part, I'm just going to play this audio as it's yeah. Let the blind Canadians speak for themselves. Absolutely. One of the most sincere forms of respect is actually listening to what another has to say. Bryant H. McGill. Is there something that well-intentioned, sighted people do that kind of drive you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Grab me when I don't expect you to grab me. Like I have almost crossed so many streets that I don't actually want to cross. (laughs) If somebody comes up to me, it's helpful if they say, you know, ask me if I'd like some assistance and and be okay if I say no because I'm not saying no because I'm irritated with with you. I'm saying no because the best way for me to learn is to actually do it. You know, if you ask me and I do answer yes to assistance, then then I take your, your elbow and 
just walk as you normally would. No, what it really drives me crazy is if you, you know, say if they ask if you need help or something, you say you don't and they just don't listen. I think that's really what it is, is when, when they don't listen to, to you because they assume they know better because they're sighted and you're blind. I think that, that's what drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that people don't actually speak to me when they see me with the cane. I get on a bus and they may move or they may, but they don't actually try and interact with me. I don't like it when they talk about us, like to a sighted person who's with us, about us, or to somebody else, like, oh, are they okay? That happened to us yesterday. One thing that I do when some people get it and start talking to me and some people just don't get it, and sometimes reply back, yes, they're fine. <laughs> Is there something that well-intentioned, sighted people do that really bugs you? Not listening to when a blind person tries to explain what they need. And that, that can take the forms of grabbing a person and forcibly directing them um, all the way down to just insisting on providing assistance when it's not required or desired. How do you handle that graciously? To be honest, I, I just try to take a step back and understand from their perspective that they don't understand what they're doing and try to take it from an educational perspective when possible. It, it does get quite grating after a while, but I do my best to, to make sure that people understand why what they're doing doesn't work. I've had to say to people, I'm not a vacuum cleaner. I'm not a lawnmower, uh, please don't push. But people feel it's totally acceptable to just touch us, like just grab us and pull us and drag us and push us. Um, and, and you know, if, if, if we say, please don't do that, they almost get, some people will get actually offended, like, oh, I was trying to help. And so if people could just listen to what, what we have to say, um, if we don't want any help, then listen to that as well and listen to how we want the help to be given. I think the most challenging issue for blind Canadians today is the uh, lack of awareness of the abilities of the blind. That also there's not enough training programs here to empower the blind. Is this, There is no publicly funded blindness rehabilitation in Canada. You, you lose your sight, you're lucky if you get a couple of cane lessons. And that is nowhere near enough to become completely independent and confident um, and successful as a blind person. And some of us do it, some of us, we just have that drive, we have that, or we're lucky that we were maybe raised in a family that's just very proactive. And so some of us make it, but there's the vast majority do not um, without that support and without learning what, I, what we call the skills of blindness. There's the, probably the biggest challenge is, is confidence. And I'm just as qualified as other people to do a job I'm interested in, but it's still hard to look at yourself as being on exactly the same level as someone who's sighted and doing the same job. Like the I, lack of dignity and the lack of training, I get that that's two, but they go hand in hand. Um, dig dignity will only come when the sighted community recognizes the potential of, of the blind, the potential we all know in ourselves, and that will only come when sufficient numbers of blind people have the adequate training and other opportunities, such as employment, 
to make that difference. The biggest challenge facing blind Canadians now is the low expectations of the sighting. Um, Canadians are, are a, an extraordinarily generous society and giving money, quite frankly, is an easy ask. But remove the infrastructure barriers preventing us from being employed and hire blind people. Well, that's a, a hard ask. I think one of the biggest challenges is that we aren't coming together to learn and work together because that's who you learn from. You learn from people who are in the same situation as you are. I don't want to be reliant on somebody. And so I looked into going to the Louisiana Center for the Blind where I was accepted and I, I went down there in, in April of 2016 and I spent nine months in an intensive uh, program uh, and being taught by blind people and blind instructors and having blind peers around me was extremely inspiring. It's made me realize that I am able to do way more than I ever thought I was capable. There's just no way to really get the skills to fully be independent and so I'm depending on people a lot. I don't have the the confidence and ability to just go travel places and and I'm, my cooking is like atrocious. Like so what really needs to change is that the government ne needs to start providing funding and not but not just to one organization um, because that's what tends to happen for other blindness services is that money will just go right right to one organization it needs to go to the individual and then the individual chooses uh, what rehabilitation uh, training they, they want to have. So there you go. Yeah, so there's a lot, lot to a lot take to in, in there, yeah. with that video. And as I said, we will upload the video so you can actually watch it as well to our Twitter at OutlookCFB and to our Facebook at Outlook on Radio Western. But we do we appreciate people like Thelma and Daryl taking the time to do that. Now, I I must point out here that I would have been in that video, <laughs> not blaming anybody here. It happens, uh, you know, equipment failure and all these things. Um, so I was interview also, but they lost my uh, audio footage. So, so another time perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I was in there. I was that in that was clip briefly talking about confidence in that, in that clip. Uh, so you would have heard me there. Yeah. But one of the one of the big things, I mean, there's so much in there, but the one I wanted to comment on was the the one of the ladies in the video talking about going to the the Lu Louisiana Training Center mm -hmm. for nine months and extensive programming, and then the comments in the video about how we don't have that kind of training here in Canada. And you know, some people are luck are sort of luck out, like like Carrie and I. We had a really great family growing up. Our our mom taught us Braille at a very young age. Like I don't even remember learning Braille. And, you know, we had cane skills from a very early age through and school. through school and just through the support of our family. If but, yeah. anytime there was a, if there was a route or somewhere I needed to go and I didn't, I couldn't get a mobility instructor to help, you know, our mom could go with me. She wasn't as confident because she was like, you should be getting an instructor, but she was, she was very, very she willing to help. Good. And she's still pretty good <laughs> compared to, you know, not everyone has that sort of support system and that's a big part of it. And if, if you, if you have the situation, sometimes it's hard for I found for me to sort of put myself in other blind people's situations that don't have that. And I mean, it's not to say it's there's, I don't have a lot of difficulties as well. I'm currently looking for employment, which is, you know, a very difficult thing. As they say, almost 80% of blind, blind Canadians are unemployed. And that's just very, Sorry, very shocking, depressing yeah. statistic that we're trying to change. So, but yeah, until we have more, more training options here in Canada, of course we have the CNIB, which everyone knows about, but you know, they don't, 
I don't know. There's there's a lot of mixed feelings on that, and I don't want to get into a big discussion on that right yeah, now. Yeah, we grew but, up with them. Um, you know, we had books from them, and you know, we had they. That's where we got our first brailers, I believe, and things. But you know, having putting it like what they say in the video, putting it all in the hands of one organization, that organization becomes so big, and it sort of monopolizes the whole discussion the whole issue and that's all it is and that doesn't always address the needs of everybody and so we we need options but it's difficult you know standing up against what the U.S. has um, you know in many ways most ways I'm glad to be here in Canada but you know there are times but yeah because I mean even us who had the the cane and the braille skills taught to us all our lives um, we still struggle with confidence issues and so we not wouldn't necessarily go to a center like that for nine months of intensive training, but yet there are parts of, parts of that that we could benefit from. But there are people we've met in recent years, especially in getting involved with the CFB, who it's good for us. We got to see what they're going through, and it's a lot different than the way we grew up. And they are struggling and need more help. So yeah, it's like the uh, fighting for too. the guest we had on a couple weeks ago, Vicky Raja from out east in Canada. Here, he's been losing his vision at, a, at an older age. He's in his uh, around 30 now. So, you know, people like that, especially when you're from a, a small area like Prince Edward Island, it's it's really tough to find enough, you know, there's, there is a CNIB chapter there, but they, they uh, you know, offer a cane lesson once or once a week, once every couple of weeks, maybe if he's lucky kind of thing. And it's, it's just, it's, it's tough, right? So that's why organizations like the Canadian Federation of the Blind that we're working on to kind of get more blind people involved and connected. Um, yeah, another. so we're, we're basically all blind people who who uh, run that, you know, who, like I said, I'm the secretary of the Ontario chapter, Brian's the treasurer. Um, we all sort of want to pool our skills because we all have skills um, and do what we can. And we we have our monthly meetings and we discuss the issues that are, are, are taking place in Canada for us. Um, and we, we're doing it because we don't want to sit around anymore and wait for someone else. Like the new um, bill, C81, that's come out, um, accessible, Accessibility for Canadians. It's a bill that's coming out. It's trying to make things better uh, in areas like employment and things. Anything that's federal, actually. But I guess the main question about all of that stuff that you know we've we've run into with the CNIB, which is why we kind of got involved with the CFB is that there are a lot of sighted people in the top of a lot of these of the making CNIB and different organizations us. that are making the decisions when really it should be there should be more blind people there's not enough consultation with us which makes no sense like if you're designing an accessible building you or an app you know you should work with the people who you're doing that for and we're getting better with that you know iPhones are amazing technology these days but there are certain areas that that just doesn't seem like it's there's a there's a disconnect there yeah it's you know it's, it's tough but the the Canadian Federation of the Blind is is so new and it's it's a in in progress but the the goal of it is to you know sighted people can be members as well but the only the only people who can actually vote in in office for the CFB are blind people so it's kind of our goal to be making our own decisions and, you know, trying to make a change. And it's 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 pretty daunting at times, but it just takes takes time. And, you know, that's that's the main reason we're doing this show outlook here is mm -hmm. to try to get the word out and, and just educate people because, you know, it, a lot of people don't know this stuff. And it's our job as blind people to 
to put it out there and sometimes inform. it feels like a thankless task you know that we feel like we there's no other option but for us to to explain what what we need but that's the only way it's going to get done you know and the show is about accessibility um, and there are a lot of things that come up for instance there's a lady in the CFB who was recently um, rejected from a gym she wanted to start working out at you know the same thing with employment and getting jobs these, these employers and these these businesses they worry about things like liability like well what if the, this blind person gets hurt on my watch you know I'm going to get sued it's stuff like that that's really sad and, and then it gives them an excuse to sort of say they have a good reason to turn you away from just participating in society and and like a local issue like in this very building when I went to use the washroom and I couldn't be certain I was at the women's washroom because there was no braille label by the door which you know that's just disappointing and um, two like the recent scams that I um, we sort of been focused on in grocery stores in in the area in Chatham London sort of area there have been people out there um, stealing some stuff from off the CFB website and, you know, putting up a table in a grocery store and saying, you know, this is the CFB and we, we're raising money and they get money from people because like that one, our friend Eric actually in the video said, you know, Canadians are very generous people and they give for many different causes and that's good. We don't want to deter that, but... Yeah, it's easy to, you know, set up a sign and someone just walking by throws in a couple bucks, but that's not really making people aware of what is the real is the really issues? going on yeah. and what they're actually giving money to and you know what what actually needs to be done so like i've i've commented on this many times on the show but i just it it really was eye opening when we ha- when we had a barbecue at Canadian Tire last year where it was that was a CFB um, run event f- run event for fundraising so that you know we can cuz we do help. need money with the CFB yeah we want to help blind we, people go to these conventions help we do a, help a lot fly with them there and money, but yeah it's, <laughs> you know it's it's it, it takes takes a lot of time, but that barbecue was all run by blind people. Um, my friend is a, is blind, and our, our friend, I, I should say, is blind and did all the barbecuing, and I, as the treasurer, handed all the cash, and Carrie helped helped uh, talk to people about the CFB a bit and give them some info. Mm. So unlike the ones in the grocery stores, the scams where they're, you know, someone who's sighted with this this picture of... Again, give us money, we're trying to help the blind. Like, that's that's great when it's legitimate, but it doesn't... It's not the total, it's not you know the whole answer to the whole picture, so so that's what we like to talk about, and we like to have guests on the show, and we hope in the coming year uh, as we continue to have more guests, and we hope to talk about more issues that involve disability, not just blindness. Um, you know, that's one obviously we know most most about, but there are so many others. Yeah, for sure, it's, blindness is definitely going to be the main focus of this show. Mm-hmm. Show for me. Um, it's it's enough to take on as one one it is, thing I find, but yeah, we'd never you know we wouldn't be opposed to having some guests from different different other minorities and other things that need to be discussed and put out there. So yeah, so six months, not not bad at all. Yeah, for sure. This is our twentieth episode today, so not yeah. too bad. And we have them all up on SoundCloud if you want to check them out. Yep, and. Follow us on Twitter, Outlook CFB, Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. And thanks again to Colin Butler from the CBC here today, taking some video uh, and photos of us. Really appreciate that. Yeah, and we'll see you everybody next week. Oh, wait, no, I'll be gone next week. Oh, yeah, we won't be here next week. (laughs) See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Bye.